This will repeat to the Song of Solomon, the chapter that we read, the Song of Solomon, chapter 2. And let's read again from verse 10 to verse 13. My beloved spake and said unto me, Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. For lo, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone, the flowers are here and yet, the time of the king of birds is come, and the voice of the turtle is heard in our land. The fig tree for the sport of green figs, and the vines with the tender grapes give a good smell. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. Now this Song of Solomon was written by Solomon and it sets out the relationship that exists between Christ and his church. And we find that there's a two-way conversation going on of Christ speaking to his church and his church speaking to Christ. And in the verse that we have read, in the verse that we have read, we see uh, the mention made of the seasons of the year. And the Bible often uses the seasons of the year to show what goes on in a man's life. We have different seasons in our own lives, and particularly in the lives of believers. We know about the winter in our lives when uh, the heart is frozen hard, and there's darkness over our whole existence, as it were. So the believer feels that he is completely shut out from the things of God. And the non-believer is not aware of this hardness of his heart, but he has the doors bolted shut and no entrance available for the gospel message. But the believer often worries about the fact that he's going through a hard time, and the gospel message doesn't seem to have any effect on him. Things that used to excite him before, emotional things that he could read about in the Bible and hear, they sometimes don't seem to affect him in any way at all. And he feels that he's away from the Lord. And yet, the Bible tells us that there are times to start, times of winter in our lives, when uh, the message appears cold to us. And we find that the law seems to thunder around us with its demands. But particularly the non-believer sees that as well, times when he knows that there are sort of worrying things about him. He's not aware of the winter in his heart, but yet he knows justice, he knows something about condemnation and something about everlasting punishment. And things like that worry him so that there is a winter in his heart. And he finds that this winter time in his heart drives him everywhere further away from God because he hears of things like the doctrines of election and the doctrines of predestination and all combined to nip, as it were, any young tender plants of hope that may be in his heart and he finds that this winter time in his heart seems to stop things from growing. And the winter is a long time in some hearts. It's a long time in some hearts that they think it is normal and that they don't look for any other results, they don't look for the springtime coming at all in their heart. But God in his message does tend springtime. A time when the gospel message becomes lovely and warm again. And the warm, lovely message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Gently glory of love, of mercy, of sympathy and concern. A message founded in the love of God blows gently into the heart 
and into the lives of the people and they see the love of God all founded on the love of God for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son who forever believed an infant of perish but of everlasting heart everlasting life in the heart then things begin uh, to grow again as well the flowers of hope begin to grow and the trees of faith put forth their tender shoots and a time of change comes into our lives that is the work of the Holy Spirit in the heart stirring things up and making things good and enjoyable and exciting again and the non-believer suddenly finds that he's beginning to understand the gospel message and that there are things there that are for him and the things that he takes in they're not nipped in the bud at all they just have a festiveness about them that wasn't there before and all of this is symbolized here for us by the time that the turtle dove is to be seen, a time of peace and joy in the land that we read about here. And then after the springtime that comes the summer, where the graces grow, the things that began in the heart begin to grow, and work for Jesus goes on, and self-sacrifice comes in and grows within our heart, and we find that we're putting ourselves second and putting others first. And material things fade away into the background and things that used to hold our attention and draw us to them suddenly become not so important like music and the pubs and football and always go into the right position in our lives so that they're not as important as they used to be. And suddenly we find that there are tender blossoms like love and compassion for our fellow man. We begin to be concerned about others. If our love reaches out to others, where suddenly the unconverted man becomes a burden to us in our prayers and in everything else. And we begin, maybe to our own surprise, to cultivate humility. And we have a cheerful manner. And we seek and search for ways to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. All of this because it is summer in our lives. The summer sun of the love of Christ. The mercy of Christ shines, shines upon us. And as we grow older, then comes the autumn in our lives. And the fruit in our lives is right. The mature Christian, and the harvest is near. And soon the Lord of the harvest will gather and store the fruit that we have brought forth. So we see, as we just have a brief glimpse at those seasons, that every season has a purpose in our lives. Every season has its own time. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven, it is the answer. <laughs> the time the text refers to here is the springtime. We read that the winter is past. The rain is over and gone. And the rain falls in Palestine in the middle where the writer is talking about falls in the winter. And the springtime in the life of our heart or in the life of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ comes then Christ calls for activity. And that's the basis of our text. Christ speaks to his loved ones, speaks to his church, he speaks to everybody. And he says to Christ, Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. He says to begin verse 10, Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. And then verse 13, Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. So we see that in the life of the church, there are seasons as well. History tells of the different seasons in the church. 
Remember the cold winter when the Lord Jesus Christ himself came. And there was the cold, frozen religion of the Jews, tied tightly by their own formal acts of worship, where they had a special section for each person, where there were certain people not even allowed in to worship God, where they looked and placed people in classes and made a class distinction between men, women and children, where the Pharisees and the Sadducees were unusual in their religiosity, where the synagogues were just frozen palaces of ice, no love, no compassion, no care to melt the cross, nothing there to warm the place for the arrival of the Messiah. And when he did come, the dark clouds of unbelief hidden from all but a few. And the winter of that time reached its peak surely when the Lord Jesus Christ was crucified on Calvary Hill. And the thunder and the storm broke on the Saviour's head and there was darkness over the face of the earth. But his cry on the cross of Calvary of it is finished, was it not saying the same as he is saying here? The winter is past, the rain is over and done. Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. His work was finished, heaven's door was open. Let the gospel loose to the people. And he tells his church, rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. And we read that the springtime did come, and his church did rise up. And there were 300 people, 3,000 people convert in one day. And soon the beautiful message of Christ, the beautiful message of Christ's sacrifice for sinners, blooms and blossoms throughout the whole of the Middle East. The singing of praise is heard. The power of the Holy Spirit descends on the apostles in tongues of fire. And every man hears the gospel in his own tongue. The message spreads and grows in different places. Paul, Barnabas, Matt, Silas, Timothy. They go spreading and sowing the seed and the seed grows. The sweet savour rises to heaven itself. And it looked as if the whole wide world was to be encompassed and overgrown by this new gospel message. It looked as if an eternal summer to follow the springtime of Pentecost had come. But sadly, read that, that was not quite so. The church fell asleep again. It left the pure teaching of the gospel. It took on man-made forms, leaning on money, rank, and state. And again, the darkness of winter took over. And that went on for some time. But again, the Lord in his mercy, mercy sent springtime, time of awakening, which began probably in Switzerland, went on to Germany, France, Holland, England, and Scotland, and men like Calvin, Luther, Melanchthon, and Knox answered Christ's call to rise up and come away. And the Church of Christ shook itself free from the wintry grasp of Rome and entered into a springtime of hope, founded on faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and faith in Christ alone. As in the mercy of the church, but in our own lives, in our own lives, we find seasons as well. 
Times of hardness, winter in our bones, heart frozen hard. The gospel seems to bounce off us. It's an effort to go to church. It's an effort to go to the prayer meeting. It's an effort to open the Bible. It's as if we have been frozen, absolutely going numb. And worldly matters take priority and push themselves in on us in spite of ourselves. And more and more time is spent with the world. And the church becomes, as it were, a cold formality, if at all. Frozen solid against the urgency of the message, we treat it as if it was going to go on from day to day. We don't hear the clock that used to say eternity, eternity, eternity. We don't hear it now. So that we are absolutely almost asleep under the gospel message. But we've had times like that in our lives that we've also felt an experience to get the warmth of Christ, melting our cold heart. When we can say, he said to them, Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. And some did, but sadly, others didn't. Though for all your experiences up to now, Jesus is saying to us all here tonight, saying to the church in God's kingdom, Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. He's calling you to waken up. He's calling us to be more fervent in worship. He's telling us that church going must not be a cold, formal exercise. He tells us that the gathering of the family of God to hear the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ speaking to them. We have business with God himself. Business with the Lord about our mortal souls. It is not a cold, informal act at all. We are coming to deal with God about your soul, about eternity, the most important business you've ever had in your life. And Christ tells us, be aware of what your business is. Rise up, my love, my fair one, come away, waken up for your sleep. He's calling you to be more earnest and concerned in your prayer. Have we just been going through the formality of prayer? Have we just been attending the prayer meeting? Have we just been giving the minimum time to speaking to God throughout each day? Do we cry out for mercy for ourselves, for our neighbors? Do we plead with tears for the unconverted? Has the church gone dry? I can tell you, yes, it has, because the truth achieves it. But the church is going dry, it's going becoming formal in its act of prayer. There are no tears. There are no crimes to heaven. And yet there are souls that are on the way to hell. Souls run about us. And yet we can play with dry eyes. We can go through the formalities of pleading. And Christ is telling us, waken up, rise up, he says. And in his mercy he says, my love, my fair one, and come away. He's calling you to be more alive, to be more diligent in his work. He wants you to exploit every situation for his glory. He wants us to be aware all the time, what can I say, what can I do for Christ? He calls us, my fair one, don't let us be lacking in his service to him. This is no time for complacency, no time to sit back and let others do the work. You are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he tells you, rise up, my love, my fair one. 
Remember Christ's own words to the church of Laodicea. I know thy work, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou were cold or hot. So then, because thou art neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Can anything be more awful than that? The Lord Jesus Christ himself spewing his church out of his mouth because he finds it without either heat or cold. Apathetic. A church that sat back. A church that began with all the great blessings. And just because it was still going through the form of cold acts of worship, Christ says, I see you, I know you, I will spew you out of my mouth. That's what he says. We say, my friends, that our church here in Rothstein does not go complacent or lukewarm. Because, you know, the next step to being complacent and lukewarm is to be cold and dead. He calls Christians here personally. He says to them, Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. Rise up and come away from the doubts and misgivings. Jesus is calling. Answer them. The spring here. He calls you to action. Leave the idleness, the slothfulness, the lukewarmness. Rise up and come away. The kingdom of Christ is there. Let it go in and possess it. That's what he's telling us to do. Let us go up and possess it. Come away and leave our half-hearted witness behind. Let us put Christ first and foremost in our life. So many of us have Christ in our heart, but he's not some talk before. He's not the king. He's got a wee corner tucked away somewhere and only brought to the surface on special occasions. He is not king of the heart. And if he's not king in the heart, then he doesn't want to be there. Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. Let us rise up and come away for real live service. For you people of God, be available for the service that God demands of And he's calling you, my friends, who are still outside his flock. Don't shut off your ears and say, this is only for the church. This is only for the people of God. To you, he is speaking as well. He says, why, oh, why do you remain frozen and cold when the spring is here? The winter is gone. Open your hearts and receive. Rise up and come away from your selfishness, your self-centeredness, your arguments. Let this day be the beginning of your spiritual life. Come away and sing, Lord, I am thine, oh, save me. Because all the glorious invitations of the gospel are you? Christ is knocking at the door. He's knocking at the door of your heart and he says, Rise up and follow me. And he's calling you young people, all the young people here this evening. And he's saying to you, Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. How evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, and thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. It is surely the best time to trust in Jesus when you're young. Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. He's calling you who are in the mid-time of your years. How many winters and springs have passed by with your heart cold and unyielding still? O Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make known. In that, remember mercy. And he's calling you who are in the evening of your days. What can he say that you haven't heard already? 
One thing I can tell you, the day of judgment is nearer now than it ever was. Hear the voice of Jesus before the silver cord is used, or the golden bowl be broken, or the pitcher be broken at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern, before the dust is turned to the earth that is was, and the spirit fly hath sent. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. Only this be a special evening for us all, as we hear and obey the Saviour's voice, each and every one of us, not pushing it to somebody else. You and I, we are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he's speaking to every single one of us tonight. He says, rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. Come away from our idleness, come away from our lethargy, come away from our apathy, and let us do something. Are we going to win Scotland for Christ? Are we going to win this place for Christ? Then we are, my friends, we have to rise up and do it. Amen. Let us pray. The Lord, we ask that thou help us to hear thy voice. Help us to respond to thy call. We give thee thanks for the way that thou dost love us and the way that thou dost constantly treat us as thine own loved ones. So we ask that we would hear, and that we would rise up and serve thee, and that we would not allow the winter in our hearts or in our lives to last any longer, but that we would let the gentle breeze of the love of the Lord Jesus Christ melt our hearts and come into our lives with a warm that will activate us to work for thee. Forgive us for the number of times that we have sat still, staying as it were in the warmth of idleness, Help us to strike out to do great things for thee. Make us available for thyself, we ask. Give us a spirit of willingness. Give us a spirit of service that we may have the souls of the unconverted heavy upon our hearts. Let our prayers may be clothed in tears as we plead with thee and as we wrestle with thee for the souls of people round about us. O Lord, we ask that we would be motivated by love for thee, that we would be motivated by love for thee to have ears of compassion, ears that hear the cry of the lost in, in, in eternity. Help us, O Lord God, to serve thee. The time is short, that we give thee thanks that thou hast enabled us to see another spring in our lives. May it be a spring in the church, here in God's team. And may souls be brought in for Christ's sake. Amen.